or do like fun sketch presentations, but I always got really into those. I really should have been in like theater. I'm realizing as I get older, like that really would have been my thing because I love doing accents, uh, bad accents in, in, during <laughs> presentations and things. But you know, as we all know, yeah, yes. I did a parody for my senior year. We read Dracula, my group, and we had to do a presentation oh. on Dracula. And I did like a whole episode of To Catch a Predator, but it was To Catch a Vampire. So I played Van Helsing as. Um, oh, man. What is his name? Oh, my God. I feel bad. I'm blanking on his name. Chris, Chris Hansen. Hansen. So I played Van Helsing as Chris Hansen, like trying to entrap Dracula. And um, that was a very fun project. I also played a vampire bride. So I wore drag and like tried to seduce our Jonathan Harker. You know? Yeah. It was a lot that of fun. That sounds like. Interesting. <laughs> something you would find on youtube it would like with james gunn man like dude, it gets resurfaced yeah. and then all of a sudden you're canceled i don't think i would be canceled i actually think i made a pretty good vampire bride you know it was fun um <laughs> i, was I wish it was on youtube somewhere crap, not really i was in the pit i played in the orchestra on the band and Ooh. did some tech kind of stuff um and then one of my friends was in the me well, a lot of my friends were in the actual musicals and plays and stuff so sometimes I would hang out with people, but I'm pretty introverted, and a lot of the the show people were very extroverted, so even when we did hang out, if I did hang out in the big groups and stuff, I would just get high and sit in the corner and laugh while they performed these sketches that they were writing. So. <laughs> really, the only um, extracurricular I did was Junior Statesman of America, which was just politics. Wow. And you would actually pretend to be a representative or a senior we would go on trips. We would do like a congressional thing. It was it's real crazy, but it was an excuse to go to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> as exciting as that is, Columbus, Ohio. But that's because we're talking high school because we're going back to school this month, August. Every kid in America going back to classrooms. So we are as well. Uh, welcome to the weekly podcast massacre. I am your dreadful host for this evening. Uh, my name is Michael from Portland, but everyone calls me Murphy. I have two lovely hosts with me. Yeah, hello. I am Greg from Los Angeles. I'm Kel. And today we are here to talk about The Rage, Carrie 2, giving a proper sequel, a very nice bridge from 2Y to Back to School. We have a sequel to a classic original uh, that was very very poorly received <laughs> yeah this is from 1999 so we have the the uh the excess of the 90s in full swing we have a lot of really bad music uh it's 105 minutes and it feels like 300 to me that is a it is such a slog to get through it does get extremely slow at different times that is a good point yes um, but, uh, hey, if you're listening to this, you probably heard our Massey's episode from the end of last month. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it there, but this was not, I don't think this was even meant to be a sequel to Carrie at first. This started as a totally different movie. And then someone realized they got some dollar signs in their eyes and they're like, hey, we can make a sequel. We can staple in a few returning characters and references to the first and, uh, edit poorly edit yeah. in a lot of footage that from is correct. Brian Ooh. De Palma's carry is so bad. <laughs> it was uh, it was supposed to be. Let me let me find it in my notes here. Um, 
Yeah, it wasn't. It was supposed to be a completely original story, and it was kind of based on this 1993 sex scandal uh, called the Spur Posse. Well, the the group of high school jocks is called the Spur Posse, and they were. Mm. It was a sex scandal, so similar to in this movie. And then once they began production, they realized how similar it was to Carrie with like the telekinesis, I guess, and so they made it into a sequel. That's. It's shocking that they got into production and then be like, oh, yeah, we can add all this. But then I guess it does make sense with all the the Sue stuff. Like, yeah. it is, seems to easily be implanted into the movie. Yeah. Here's what yeah, I'll say. Yeah, it seems like she's on the side a lot. It's kind of weird. Right. Her, yeah, her inclusion is a little strange. But I will say, as a sequel to Carrie, it's not an awful idea. Like, I do like no. the continuation of Sue in particular like dealing with the guilt of what she the, the part she played in Carrie's story, right? Um of like getting her to go to prom in the first place was because of Sue. And then her still dealing with like the effects of like how she treated Carrie. I still really I really like that idea on paper. It's just like this execution is is pretty lacking. There yeah, there is a lot going for it and then there's just a lot of cr- cringy or just very uncomfortable feeling scenes. Yeah, I mean, especially with all the jocks and like. Oh man, the jocks! I think most of it is that how how real all of that is. Yeah, Th- y- like, that's that a great is point. A true horrific part of humanity. That is a weird thing with this movie is that it gets that too right. Like it's yeah. it's too on the nose, not too on the nose, but it's too like accurate like it it just makes it really unsettling and uncomfortable yeah and which is it, supposed to do it it's a horror movie making, so yeah right it works in making all of those characters unlikable and like almost irredeemable yeah uh but you just you feel so gross about all of it it's, yeah it's very unpleasant and so i can see like as it's happening uh, as we were talking about was, where i said like there's probably some diehard fans of this movie somewhere i think that stuff it, it I think it could ring, it could have hit for somebody. Yeah. This came out at uh, an interesting time. It came out three weeks before the Columbine Oh, man. So had this film been pushed pretty much at all, like, you know, released a little bit later, it would have been shelved. (laughs) Yeah, they wouldn't, because that was something that they said, like, oh, we wouldn't have put this movie out. If it was after yeah. 9-11, maybe yeah. if they knew 9-11 was going to happen, or not 9-11, what do I keep saying? <laughs> Shit. Columbine. <laughs> if they knew Con- Columbine was going to happen, they wouldn't have put the movie out. But apparently this, it was, oh. the, the novel was originally called Rage by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That had to do with the school shooting. And then after real school shootings started happening, he decided not to publish the book. I think I think it's I still unavailable right? to find that yeah. to read, and it is. I think you have to get like a a four pack book thing that it's like all his first uh, Richard Bachman stories, right? I think that's really the only way you can stay. Yeah, it has to. It's a used copy, and I've I've wanted to read it just to you know I've read a lot of King and would love to be able to go through all of his work chronologically, but yeah, he just doesn't put it out. Yeah, um, it's interesting. and It's um, not available anywhere. Man, what a time. Late 90s, early 2000s. Columbine yeah. and 9-11. I mean, like, I never think about how, how there's such a short time span between those. Um, in the future, it's all going to get jumbled into a single event anyway. We're just going to forget that sure. they were separate things. 
you know? It's going to take, like, two minutes on VH, you know, VH1's I yeah. Love the Aughts, or what you know. Yes. Uh, so just real quick, this is uh, directed by Cat Shea. Uh, and they worked on some Joe Bob productions. I believe it was the the drive-in theater. Um, oh. Not the last drive-in, but I believe one of the other iterations of that. Uh, they also directed Poison Ivy, which was a 1992 thriller starring Drew Barrymore. Cool. Uh, the writer was Raphael Moreau, uh, who gets a pass from me because they wrote Hackers in 95. So anybody who writes the line hack the planet gets an automatic pass from me for all time well a 1998 draft of this screenplay lists howard a rodman as the writer but he doesn't get credit for this final thing this rafael moreau did mm. sorry rodman i think there's an uncredited director too for this right like someone else who maybe did some directorial work oh this seems i like think it they was left a... they got fired or something yeah cat shag yeah. was pulled in sort of later yeah I'm I'm surprised it's not a lot of Alan Smithy working on this feature film. This really seems like it. Yeah, it cha- this just changed a lot of hands over the course of production, which maybe is why it feels so disjointed. Yeah, and put together and like weirdly put together at points. But um, uh, that's interesting, man. I I think it's like I don't know. There there is some behind the scenes context of this, like that whole rage thing, uh, making it a late sequel to Carrie. It, it, there's. This movie is sort of interesting to think about, uh, I will say. It was originally called The Curse, and then Say You're Sorry, and then The Rage. <laughs> say You're Sorry. I think there's a lot of, of interesting things they were they could have done. It just, uh, wrong, wrong time? Yeah. Maybe had this come out five years earlier or five years later, they could have done more with it well or, uh, i guess less it's after 9 11 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> only in that state was our would our country have been ready for the rage carry too uh that's the other thing yes. i think actually the late 90s of it like this is cashing in on uh scream as well i think with its casting and its look and its setting it's like i think they realized hey high school horror is big right now yes uh what can we do uh, hey let's it dig also up has Harry. yeah quite of the most one of the most wonderful scream references it has a great one i, I totally ever. forgot about that yeah it, but that is such, so that's good. a pretty funny moment actually all right let's go let's run through some of the cast really quickly we have emily burgle as rachel lang our as, main character as carrie too as yes as the rage uh <laughs> we have mina Savari, uh lisa her bff there's Jason London as Jesse Ryan, Zachary Ty Bryan, who everyone remembers from Home Improvement, as Eric Stark. We have Dylan Bruno as Mark, and then Amy Irving is reprising her role as Sue Snell from yeah. the original movie. Yeah, I, like I think her. she does the best job. Yeah, I like out of, her out of all of this. Yeah, yeah. I thought Emily Burgle does. I think she's really good in a lot of key scenes. Um, what about Eddie K. Thomas? Uh, is that the Arnie? Yeah, guy? he's an American Pie and other the, teen yeah. movies. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. He who's so, like just the random friend. He's just a guy. Yeah. He has a great laugh. Mm-hmm. He has a he great has laugh. one of the best like uh, not laugh but like comedic points of the movie. Does, this movie has like three good jokes. Yeah, and it's like at the end when the the house party is on fire and he's slaying on the truck like 
man, we're missing a killer party. Probably a good trailer line. I imagine that was in the trailer. Um, yeah. Is his name, he's named Arnie. I wonder if that's a reference to Christine, since this is a is. Stephen King adjacent property. Mm. Um, yep. And yeah. you are correct, that line was in the trailer, but it was altered a little bit. So it's a little <laughs> bit different in the trailer than it is in the movie. Wow, I nailed it. Damn. Uh, I didn't really look up to see. Did I? I'm guessing that Stephen King did not really give much approval. Did he? I don't have think he, any decision. I, I didn't notice his name this? on it. No. It's well. It's it has based off the uh, based on characters created. Oh by right, right. Stephen um, King. Why? Why do we we cover a lot of Stephen King adjacent? I mean, we just did Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery two last month. Um, kind of the reason I picked it too was to just to have another. <laughs> randomly adjacent Stephen King movies. It's its own subgenre, like Stephen King adjacent horror movies now, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's uh it's a pretty like simple plot. It's almost like some of the beats from the first one just modernized. Right, which I don't hate, because I think there is something to like comparing you know the events of the original to the events of this one with a modern setting. I think there is something there too. I don't hate that it's like recreating some of that stuff no especially with uh, so we see from the very beginning rachel has a very uh, religiously nut mom who's taking a, a paintbrush with red paint and like doing a very big red stripe across the ceiling did this make anyone else want a beer a red stripe beer no, <laughs> nobody Nothing? no i don't have got okay not, didn't catch that and get that didn't, didn't pick up on that um I was just irritated that she was just painting over family pictures and right through the middle of the curtains and shit. That was just irritating to me. Like, yeah, you lamps. Uh, Rachel comes Messy. to say something and she smacks her with the red paintbrush. I thought that that's fun. That's a good cinematic, like, showing how crazy she is. Uh, so the the daughter gets taken away by public services. We get some of the psychic powers already. And I think it's where it starts here where there, well, I guess it's in black and white. There's a lot of weird cuts to black and white that I don't know what they were thinking yeah. at the time. I don't know, man. Sometimes it's, 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 it's her using psychic powers. Sometimes it's flashbacks. Sometimes it's none of the above. It feels like kind of like i mean hey this is something that mary lambert would have been good at but it feels like they're trying to make it like a music video like a 90s like mm. grungy new metal i guess so. type of thing like I, I feel like that's what they're going for they figure oh it's teens teens like music videos we have to make our horror movie like a music video i, I that's that my thought choppy quality too at some points like it's not yeah like some of the black and white stuff is real i don't know what that's called either where it's like choppy it's not fluid movements and shit yeah it's like a shaky cam type of thing um yeah i it's weird i was thinking about just like the different ways these there's three three carry movies now the original this one and then the remake how each of them approaches like handling the powers and how they all do something different with it like in terms of like how they display them like cinematically yeah so like the original has the psycho like violin sting Anytime something with happens, close ups with close ups of her face and like the big eyes, yes, yeah. And then like this one has the black and white insert shots, and then like uh, the remake, I I guess they have Chloe Grace Moretz like waving her fingers around and shit as she like 
does stuff and it has shitty CGI. I guess that's the way it portrays it. Did you know Sissy Spacek was offered a cameo in this? As How, like, oh, interesting. I okay. wonder I wonder what they were thinking because they just ended up using footage from Carrie, the original movie, but Yeah, um, yeah. So I wonder what they had in mind since she I think it would have been, been older than her character who died yeah. in 76. An hallucination or something. Well, I was going to say the movie ends on a dead character making an appearance or something. So like, yeah, they That's could true. they could bring her back in a similar fashion to that. Like I don't know. Well, you just you cover her in blood. You can't tell how old they are. Or like, you reveal that, that's easy to get around. You revealed that like Sue's dream at the end of the first carry, where Carrie's hand shoots ah. out of the grave. You reveal it wasn't a dream that she did come out of the grave. It was her, mm. and uh, she's or the alive. whole movie was a dream. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Anyway, Sue just wakes I w- up. I wish I dreamed this movie instead yeah. of watching it. I'm a Carrie. Uh, so, w- we do get a lot. I know. Uh, we do get a lot of like cool psychic powers with young Rachel. Like as the cops trying to follow her, she just keeps shutting the doors right behind her. Uh, real fun. But we do like a big jump to modern day, like ten years later, or something like that, where she is now a uh, high school. They don't really get into. She's they. They seem to imply she's like sixteen. Yeah, her her friend. Uh, they her say best that friend Mina. Lisa. Yeah, she's supposed to be yeah, 16. Yeah, is so also she's 16. There. Um, she has her foster parents who seem to only be doing it for the $300 a month that they yeah. receive in subsidies. It's like real real loving like right off the bat. Uh we we get introduced to to Mina Savari. Is that I think that's how you say it. Uh who's the sure. BFF, they each have matching tattoos which are real trashy. <laughs> real trashy tattoos <laughs> it's not the best design yeah but they like touch no. they touch tattoos and they're like best blood is their little yeah thing they say we get introduced to the gross football players who as we implied earlier they are real problematic i like how the film definitely sets it that this is not a good thing um Maybe they don't lean into it as as much as they should, I, but they are yeah. they're doing a point system. I think the portrayal of them, like it's pretty much like these are bad guys all the way through. It tries to give some nuance to uh what's his face? Uh Jesse. Jesse. Who at the by the end of the movie, even though you're trying it's trying to position him as like the best one of them, he's still a piece of shit. He's still he's an still awful person. That's women. something that really bothered right. me because he was still participating yeah. with them, and just because he doesn't shave his head at the end, it's like oh, I, you're supposed changing. to get the. I think you're supposed to get the. You're supposed to get the idea that Rachel's changed him, that was like set him on the right path. But he still is a piece of shit to Rachel right. too. When he asks her on a date, and it's like I'm not leaving until you say yes. That's just, that's fucked up stuff too. When he's physically blocking her from walking away until she agrees to a date, like. That's not romantic or charming to me, anyway. You know, like that is still a fucked up thing to do. Yeah, there's problems to it. Yes, I, yeah. I agree. Um, I, I think you... that's something that's changed a lot just with like the last century of yeah. like how adamant the pursuer is. Oh, for sure. And it used to be like somewhat romantic. I mean, that is that is like, like a oh. a joke about romantic comedy. Like, every romantic comedy before like. 2005 is i'm gonna keep bothering you until you marry me yeah yeah, yeah. 
but then it's romantic you know it is romantic yeah um did you guys think that i i watched this right after watching black phone and when it first shows mark i was like holy shit young ethan hawk with his little like mustache and like he looks like ethan hawk to me it's not him of course uh, it's i Brown. thought it was um dylan kevin dylan yeah he has that vibe too mm. yeah I'd give I'd give that more of a yeah Kevin Dillon. It's the mustache. Vibe. I think Ethan Hawke he has the same wearing mustache and before sunrise. I think uh, we have a, another movie that is teaching high schoolers Romeo and Juliet. Yes, and we get that Rachel is a uh, cynic while Jesse is the romantic. I love how the teacher is like so excited. I have that down to too. Like, we have a romantic yeah. who understands the like the when he, the real plot when of he's the story. when he like fist pumps he's like yes when he like gets yeah <laughs> he gives his answer uh i feel like we're gonna have a scene like this in maybe every one of these movies it's such a horror movie cliche to have the high school scene talking about literature and then they lay out like a theme of the movie sure like halloween Other does one, this. the love interest is all is deep exactly i mean it's in the original carry yeah. right when they're reading poetry yeah see and this i think is one of those scenes where like he's not just like mark like he is somewhat academic like he understands a little bit he has more depth yeah. to him than any of the other football players still does bad things but like all of us like none of us are perfect we all have growing moments where we have to overcome something yeah we skipped over a little bit with lisa on the bus they're talking about how why she's so happy well she just lost her virginity and she's going to introduce uh the boy to rachel at lunch and we get the really bad uh i guess it was right around this time that the coyote ugly idea was permeating through culture of the idea that there's someone you sleep with is so ugly as they are laying on your arm you would rather chew off your arm like oh, a coyote yeah, they had that whole thing to disturb them yeah, they have some weird term for it. They they what do they call it? They say like they say coyote, but like there's also they also mention bulldog property, something they say, mm. which made no sense to me. I don't know what the hell they mean by that. Their school mascot was bulldogs, right? Maybe it was a bulldog. Okay, yes. there you go. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Uh, I just remember from you know the Piper Parabell, John Goodman movie, Coyote Ugly. Of course, yes. So we get a, a scene of Lisa looking absolutely crushed as Rachel is looking for her in the lunchtime. Lisa just goes up to the rooftop and jumps down right right onto a car. It's pretty gruesome. We get a, a like a really good visual of it. And at this point, Rachel has like a psychic migraine is the, the only way I would describe it. We're then... Uh, a lot of things happen like the lockers close glass breaks uh we have a kid with a camera who gets a real good close-up of the murder that's the thing all the kids are just kind of like yeah yeah let's watch let's watch it that's a really see i actually think this whole scene was kind of well done um and like genuinely like unsettling in the way that they handled it uh in a good way in a way that works for the movie but then, yeah, it gets punctuated, that joke of the kid at the camera being like, whose car is this? Whose like, car is this? I, Yeah. Not, yeah, not a good moment. It's not a great topper. No. And also, he has that moment earlier where he's, like, walking to the cafeteria, the shooting butts. Just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. What a creep. 
like quintessential 90s a lot of oh you could explain a lot of the things like it was oh it was the 90s we have uh eric who was the boy that lisa slept with is telling mark that uh you know he's the one that broke lisa's heart probably drove her to suicide Uh, mark's like well no one would know yeah uh he's like no one would know but oh she actually did take a picture of us together she had given Lisa, uh, Rachel the... This, this movie is so convoluted. That's that's the biggest thing about it. It's so convoluted, it takes so much time to set up all of these things. Don't necessarily pay off when it's just almost a, a near carbon copy of the original. Like, I think the same giant beats happen. It's just those smaller beats to get to them change. Yeah. Instead of getting her period, her friend commit suicide a bunch in front of a bunch of their peers yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's quite the a change point. but um i think it's you're right it's a carbon copy but like the way they position some things like having sue be the one the kind of the teacher figure in this one like um i don't remember the name of the teacher in the original carry but like having a, this adult character who works at the school take an interest in her, try to set her in the right path. It does hit a bit different this time because it's a returning character who knows what happened the first True. time. So I think there's there's an interesting idea in that. Well, there's even uh, at a point when... Okay, so Rachel has the picture. Uh, Mark and Eric try to get it from her at her photo mat job. First they try to pay her off, and then he tries to charm her and that he would sleep with her i guess to raise her social status very gross but uh the cops come up and she gives them the picture and that's when like the main cop pulls sue aside and be like are you just trying to save a girl from 20 years ago that's where we get all the uh plug it up flashback right i don't know i don't know if we needed all of the flashbacks to the original maybe just the end you know climax yeah, well, hey, it's a think? it's a different time than '90s. Um, it's not like today where anyone can just go back and look at a YouTube clip of the original or like rent it on True. Amazon Prime. You'd have to actually go to a video store and rent Carrie to watch it, or I guess buy the VHS. But it's a little different, so they they're banking on like probably not everybody has seen Carrie recently. Um, so you may need a little reminder. Remind them what of you, the big What points. you don't yeah. need, though, is the the swooshing knife sound effect anytime it cuts back to like <laughs> other older footage. That got so irritating to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's cut like a trailer, you know. We have Jesse uh, sleeping with Tracy, and this is him getting points. But after after they do the deed, he seems so distracted by the fact that someone committed suicide. Which is another thing, like, you, it's giving him depth. Everybody else is like, eh, whatever. She, you know, even some of the football players are like, she was a dog, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's actually, like, impacted by, you know, someone dying. Mm-hmm. This is another subgenre of, like, high school horror movie, I want to say, is, like, the, the effect of a suicide or a death on the school. Like, this is a common thing we're going to see, I guess, through all these movies, is, like, how the student body dying is a, like affects the rest of the class, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, yeah, they get over it kind of quick. Like, pretty much everybody moves on except for Rachel and <laughs> and uh, yeah. Jesse. It, you know, think about it, that's I think one of the reasons I, I love Scream as much is that, like, the media circus that yeah. surrounds it. 
Exactly. And it's just really how it impacts, like, the whole community. Or thinking of, like, Heathers, you know, that movie is so much about how we react to, like, tragedies and things like that. That would have been a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. So Rachel has a dog named Walter that she had from when she was a little kid. It gets out, ends up getting run over by a car, which was just very sad to see. Fucking ridiculous. This is one of my favorite moments of the movie because it is kind of crazy. Like, it looks insane. Like, the way they get shot. It's really intense. And then there's a cut. So it's not just a truck that hits hits this dog. It's a pig truck. And we just talked about it uh, in our Massey's thing. But, like, it reminds me of the potato truck in Pet Pet (laughs) Cemetery 2 for some reason. It's got to be hauling something. They make a decision it's hauling pigs. I guess as a reference to the original Carrie. I don't know. But there's a shot. Maybe. It cuts so. It cuts the inside of the tr- of the back of the truck and you see the pigs like sliding around. Like it's a really bizarre choice. I don't know. And the music that they are pairing yeah. with is very odd choice. Again, like Pet Cemetery 2, they ch- they choose some of the weirdest rock music. Yeah. to put behind this. They really didn't even need to have the dog in it at all. I mean, I know they no. didn't, like use him again at the end, but like there could have been another reason for them to meet yeah. that night, you know? It's... So the, and yeah, that's what it leads to, is that Jessie is driving down the road. She sees, she has the dog in her arms. She psychically breaks his windshield, and then he takes her to the vet. Yeah. Uh, the dog's going to be okay, but, you know, you can pick him up tomorrow. So they end up going to a diner to share french fries and coffee, as teenagers do. And that's when they start, you know, forming a relationship. And he sees that there's something special in her. Like a she's all that right. basic, you know, plot line. Did he kind of like her before this? Like maybe he was interested, like a little interested or well, something? They share a look in English class about Romeo and Juliet, how they are kind of the opposite sides. She's the cynic, he's the romantic. Yeah. And they, they you know, they look back at each other. Well, spark, which then we get a physical spark when they shake hands, parting. Yeah. Gross. Not unneeded. Silly. Uh, that dog scene though. I'm gonna. I I don't. I can't stop. It's the thing that stuck out to me the most on this watch, except for parts of the end. But you really see like that dog. You see that dog roll under that fucking truck. It is insane that it's alive. It is yeah. pretty unbelievable that it survived that accident. Like a broken rib and some, yeah, like a broken <laughs> it's gonna be foot okay. And then a and little bit like, bleeding. I, I think like a four ton truck just rolled over it. Like Jesus, yeah, um, yeah. Like but hey, the whole truck yeah. <laughs> went yeah. over. Yeah, but I'm not advocating for more dogs to die in horror movies. So you know, Mm-mm. oh well. So the next day in school, uh, Sue is trying to open up to carry to and you know tells her that oh you know uh, something had traumatic happened in high school i spent a little time in the insane asylum that your mother is currently in in arkham uh, a lot of yeah. implications yeah yeah <laughs> which is a uh hp lovecraft reference that yeah. the batman took over uh, it's just weird to have an arkham asylum in uh, the a kingian universe Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if Batman is, uh, I mean, he could fight Carrie, you know? <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, I want to see that trailer, you know, do you bleed? 
Yes. I'll make you bleed. And then it cuts to her <laughs> getting dumped on with pig blood. Yeah. Yeah. So Bat- yeah, there you go. Batman dumps pig blood on her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's her weakness, obviously. Yeah. Um the, we get into some interesting bits about like it since her mother is in an insane asylum, Rachel is is trying to grapple with the fact that it's in her genes that there is a probability that she will also go crazy. Which can tie into like, oh, I'm not actually telekinetic, I'm just imagining all of this stuff. She ends up moving the coffee mug, um, and then right after that, Eric is like at his locker and she slams, you know, psychically the locker right in front of him. He gets a little freaked out. Uh, the cops end up questioning Eric, he gets suspended from school, and Jesse asks Rachel on a date to the diner. This is what you're talking about, the very problematic won't leave her alone i there was a point where this was sweet quote unquote sweet right that i like you so or much endearing. that i'm not going to right. take no and it's like oh i know I'm you're gonna force you to date so... me yes um it's it's less threatening than you know it's trying to be charming it's still very like yeah. gross and i will say like i mean I'm not saying or it's like, aged poorly. Yeah, I'm not saying that in real life, if you ask somebody out and they they don't really give you an answer, that you then should just give up completely. But give them some space and time or something. You know what I mean? Like she's going through her best friend committed suicide days yes, ago. That is, <laughs> and her yeah. dog was just hit by a truck. You should probably let her like figure some stuff out. Uh, no, but this is when they're movie, emotionally so. weak. That's when you yeah. swoop in. Exactly. Greg. Yes. <laughs> so this is where we get, uh, as she's preparing for the date, uh, Eric and Mark and a bunch of other football players start harassing her, like knocking on the windows, shining flashlights. We get maybe the best reason for this movie to exist is uh, Mark calling on the phone and doing a Daffy Duck impression. Yeah, asking, what the fuck was that? What's your favorite scary movie? I Pretty funny. Pretty funny as a parody of Scream. Also, uh, yeah. <laughs> great uh, great Donald Duck impression by Mark. Um, like, yeah. it sounds really good. If that's him doing it. If it's that, if it's that actor. Like, he, he nails it. Dylan Bruno. But, hey, yeah. Uh, we talked about it last week for two seconds uh, for our zombie episode, but a lot like the New York Ripper, which is all about a serial killer that calls people and does a duck voice. But, yeah. <laughs> so, double references there. Scream and New York Ripper pretty good good way to get in both yeah did you guys notice their posters both rachel and lisa's posters there was um like when they're going through lisa's locker there's a marilyn manson poster and a fiona apple like a picture of fiona apple yeah is that all the same because i don't like marilyn manson's music very much like nine inch nails are fine i only listen to a few of their songs but like i fucking love fiona apples i'm like oh god is this i I think there's some overlap. There's a there, yeah. I can overlap between those is not crazy to me. Uh, Rachel also has a white zombie poster in her room. I noticed. I clocked that in the back. So she's a big zombie head. If she had if she had lived, I bet she would have been first in line to see Zombies Halloween remake. At this point, there's a lot of random cuts to the black and white, which again, it it's not being used effectively. It either. 
Like, it needs to be flashbacks or psychic powers. This just seems to be tension building. And it's just, it's very off-putting in that it's not, they're not saying really anything with it. It's just a way to, an editing trick to like, you know, have your brain change waves in some way, it seems. Uh, but she does not go on the date. Uh, she ends up, uh, Jesse's trying to convince her for a second date. And that's when, uh, afterwards, Jesse and Mark have a locker room fight, which I think, uh, hopefully, every single one of these movies this month will have a locker, locker room, room fight. fight. I think this is a quintessential high school movie. <laughs> totally. Well, I guess, that high school, we may not be going to high school in all of these movies. That's that's part of it, right? Back to True. school could mean children, higher point. education. Yeah, um... There's a couple of good lines. We don't want lines. to limit ourselves. There's a couple of good lines around this point. Uh, maybe I think it's back when Sue is talking to to uh, Carrie too in the office, but she says um, she's like doing the whole true or false thing, right? Oh, that's right. And she's like, I, I just like the question. Sometimes my thoughts take the form of a giant insect. I don't know why that stood out to me. I like that line. Uh, I mean, that's a thing, right? Because there's in old yeah. boy. She's trying to figure out there's her, that uh, whole thing. Yeah. It's I know it's probably a real question that people will ask or like a real thing that people go through with schizophrenia. But like I just I don't I know I like it that is. line. But um, yeah. uh, conversely, a really shitty line. I think a lot of this movie is has really bad dialogue. But um, uh, Rachel is sitting in the car with with uh Jesse, and she's like, I used to know a kid that could take a piece of spaghetti and put it in his mouth and have it come out his nose, brain flossing. Brain she flossing. She kind of just laughs. It's a really dumb moment. <laughs> I don't know why that's in the movie. Yeah, I don't know either. It seems uh, like trying to make her charming or enduring, or like at least keep her weird. Yeah, you know, because she's a bit of a weirdo. That's another thing. Like, I can't quite figure out. It seems like the other girls hate her for some reason, but I really can't figure out why. She doesn't seem like. Because in the first carry, you get it. Because Sissy Spacek is so... She's just odd. She is an odd person, an odd character. And so you believe that these kids would just gravitate towards, like, picking on her for some reason. You know, because she's different. But, I mean, Rachel, for the most part, she's got a bad I, home life. But she seems clicky, like a... Yeah, that's high yeah, school. I guess. That's, yeah. that's what it is. She's not one of the popular girls, so they must shit on her. Right. It just seems weird. It seems like they don't give you enough reason to believe, you know, aside from that. Just aside from just the excuse of, like, it's high school, which, hey, I guess that happens, so it's maybe I'm complaining yeah, for well, nothing. So, Tr Tracy, the girl that Jesse slept with, like, has a reason because he stops paying attention to her, yeah. like, automatically. See, that, that makes sense. As that goes on, that makes more sense. But in the beginning, like, there's, there's like, girls talking behind Rachel's back just for no reason. Which, I, again, it just happens, so maybe, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like you said, the Snoo is sneakily asking about powers, that she Snoo. can control things with her mind. Yep. That's when she breaks the snow globe. We get flashbacks to the climax of the original movie. And um, uh, then we get Jesse and Rachel's date. There's a lot of the like, oh, I, how am I going to get out of this town type of talk. Jesse's like, I'm either going to be a used car salesman or I'm going to get a football scholarship. These are my <laughs> only two options. <laughs> 
I'm tr- I'm dumb but charming, so I could sell used cars. I play football good. This this is this that's is, his character. Uh, yeah, this is part of the movie where it's really slowing down, and I'm just like, yeah, jotting down. They start making bad out. Lines. Yeah. <laughs> And she's, like, trying to shut him down, like, oh, you know, I'm a virgin, I want to make it special, I want you to bring flowers to my door. Oh, what kind of flowers do you like? Daisies. Like, a lot of really bad dialogue throughout all of this. There was a moment, I was shocked they did not go for this, but they're, like, making out in the front seat, and she goes, oh, your, your, uh, your parking brake is poking into my back. And I was yeah. so shocked there was not a that's not my parking brake joke. Yeah, but something in yeah. there. But I guess this movie's too. That's what I was that. thinking because I was like, she's entirely on his lap, so it would be her <laughs> leg or like yeah. lower buttock. <laughs> but sure. Uh, so at this point, Sue goes to see Rachel's mom, Barbara. I believe Snoo. was her name yeah. uh, in the insane asylum. Who is played by J. Smith Cameron. I did not recognize her in the, the first scene, but she is in Succession oh. uh, on HBO. She plays Jerry, like one of the, the higher level uh, executives. She's great in that. She has a lot of real good scenes with uh, Kieran Culkin. Oh, Kieran. Yeah. Kieran's no, no. It's there. with Kieran Culkin. They have like, they have a weird sexual energy. That they bounce wow. off each other, and it's it's very fun. I I really like S- Succession. Yeah, that's a show. And I think she is my my favorite character. It's a show where I love the cast, and I know I would like it. I just had to actually watch it. I watched like thirty minutes it's, of the pilot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard because I think like this movie as well. A lot of these characters are, are just, just pieces so of shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, so we get into it that she's trying to convince her like, oh, who, or who's the father? It's a genetic condition passed by the, the male is the carrier. And we get that it was Ralph White is the father, the same person who fathered Carrie White. That seems like another thing that we don't really need to have that added. No, thing. not really. <laughs> or the mom being in the asylum do doesn't even really matter. You could do it more quickly, I feel, but they they do, like, drag it out. Um, they try to make it, like, a point. Yeah. Again, another, it's another connector they, just I, to the past It one. becomes An very important. Yeah. It becomes very important to Snoo. Uh, you called her Snoo earlier instead of Sue, which I just oh, like did, well, But I like calling her Snoo. Snoo, that, Snoo, yeah. Snoo Snell. Yeah. Uh, it becomes very important to Snoo to, like... Um, tell carrie who or tell rachel who her father is and i'm like yeah who really cares is that gonna make such a big well, difference and she's like she won't believe me you have yeah. to tell like you're going to be the one to but then, explain like, it she'll believe you it seems more important to convince her that she has telekinetic powers and that that's it like who where she got him from doesn't really make that much of an impact in my mind but i don't know uh, well, Snoo ends up taking Rachel to the old burned down high school, which is insane. It's been like 20 years mm-hmm. and you can still just walk through. I will say. Husk of yeah, a high they school. just um, left it. It's, it looks great. I will it's say a, I love actual, the look of it. It's an actual yarn factory that had burned down. So it really was a burned down Ooh. building. Oh, just okay. not, a, not a school. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I would say in my hometown of Oxnard, um, the original Oxnard High School uh burned down in like in the 80s or something and as far as i know it's 
the husk of it is still there to this day. <laughs> I used to drive by it all the time. Um, so this, this but happens. is it like fenced off? Like yeah, you can't just it's like drive fenced off. You can't just to right. It. Yeah, I in my memory it's fenced off. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yes. I wonder why. Like why not? Like knock the in in carry too. Yeah, like why not do something with the rubble and put it like a a, a memorial or memorial. something up? Or yeah, are they afraid it's cursed? I know Maybe. it's just for the movie, yeah. but. Could be an old Indian burial ground. <laughs> Maybe it is. But it's genetic. They don't want to touch you it. We know that it's genetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, she she takes Rachel there and is trying to get her to confront her powers. Uh, and Rachel's like, no, no, and just, like, walks away. We uh, have Eric, who was suspended previously. Um, his dad's a lawyer or is talking to, like, looks like the DA and the cops. And then all of a sudden, some random person walks in. We have no idea who this is, besides that they are a, a bigger official at some point. I don't know if it's a mayor, if it's a judge, if the woman is like the assistant direct, uh, district attorney and he's the district attorney. Like, we have no idea who he is, but he basically sweeps it all under the rug. Uh, politics. We don't want to ruin this young boy's life. Well, yeah, and they say that like ruined the, a, a young girl's life. Like the other football players are all descendants of the big families in town. Like, uh, yes, yeah. So they all come from money, which uh, makes sense when we see Mark's house later. <laughs> yeah, the cop at some point, like I think he says it's not illegal to break a girl's heart. Yeah, which is just. But then they I, point out that it's yeah. uh, that it's statutory rape. <laughs> They throw that back at him. Yeah, yeah. They they do bring that up. They they try to be like, well, what he did is shitty, but not necessarily against the law, right? It's just a weird line that they they draw through it of like why he escapes uh, culpability, you know, responsibility. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So somewhere is... around here, they have a moment where um, you see the inside of the locker room with the coach, and there's that. The scene where like the coach is like berating them and femi- you know, feminizing them, calling them ladies, all that stuff. And then he forces uh, Mark to pull his pants yes. down and like show him his ass. This is, that is probably yes. the most upsetting scene in the movie. That is like the biggest, like you know, like uh yeah, that was the most effective scene to me. Like it's like yeah. I don't know I if mean, I would say that's the most upsetting. Like it is it, Because it, it felt like real. Is. I don't know. To me uh, I talked about a for a second in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 thing, but the whole, like, but, like, football culture, like, the, you know, yes. this manliness sort of thing, like, it, it really did kind of bother me, just in terms of, like, this well, is, is how we treat teen boys in real life in American high school. You schools, show a scene you know? of him being emasculated. Yeah. And it, like, gives him just, not justification. No, not justification, but, like, it's, but it, it is, like... It's, it's, it's explains it's, the character yeah. somewhat. Right, which I appreciate. It's not yeah. abs- no way is it letting him off the hook for anything he does, but it does show you like this is the culture that is fostered, like in in sports, in high school sports, yeah. which I think is true. It's absolutely true. Um, and it's you know you can I one hundred percent classify it as sexual abuse of these kids. Like it's fucked up and it's a uh, really upsetting. So I, that scene to me uh, just really stood out. Yeah, that was fucked up. But that is yeah. true. What we've said in other movies in, or other recordings of these movies that we've done is like if there's a bully, they're probably being bullied too somewhere or abused too. So. Yep. Okay, so 
Jesse invites Rachel to the big game that there's going to be scouts for. She He wants her there for, uh, you know, good luck. And she ends up going to the makeup counter to try to, you know, pretty herself up a bit. That's where we get introduced mainly to Monica, Tracy's friend. She's been in there a little bit, but is kind of doing the uh, fake friendliness to to Rachel to try to get her, you know, lower her guard a little bit. Because they've enacted Monica a plan. Monica is played by Rachel Blanchard, who's in a lot of yes. stuff. In the well, she still acts now too, but yeah, she does a, a pretty decent job, I think, at uh, doing the fake, fake nice. I think she does. Yeah, she has. Uh, I think one of my funnier moments is later when they're driving in the car, and the, all the girls are like, "Oh, you're so pretty. You're pretty. You're pretty." And then he, she looks to the girl in the passenger seat and says, you need, you need lipstick. <laughs> yeah. She's like she hitting, does that bitchy friend She's hitting well. Brad, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just a random jock who has like, uh-huh. what, two lines, Something three like lines that. throughout the whole movie. Uh, well, She's she steals a lipstick case. Yeah. Trying to, trying to, you know, make her like her. Uh, so the date happens. He ends up bringing daisies. Uh, and he, Jesse was given Mark's family's lake house keys. No one's going to be there. So they go, they have a romantic time. They end up having sex. After he calls her sane. That's what like, yeah, pushes her over the edge. It's a very like making love type of scene. Like, you know, it's like very romantic and. Yeah. Uh, even though, I mean, we. I don't want to get too deep on this, but I mean, we said earlier it, it's implied she's sixteen, and that like uh, <laughs> Jesse is eighteen. Romeo and Juliet laws, you know, uh. and that's a two-year difference. Yeah, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. I'll I'll say yeah, that much. Yeah. As someone in high school who had like a a younger girlfriend, it wasn't like you know, it's high school. Cut all that yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so as she is passed out in his arms, he says, I love you. Uh, she gets caught, uh, sneaking back in and her foster dad slaps her across the face that she's grounded, but she has to go to the big game, uh, which she ends up listening to on the radio. Uh, all the other football players shave their heads in solidarity, except Jesse London or Jesse Ryan is Jesse his name London. in the movie. Are high school football games usually broadcasted on the radio? I it probably depends I on the part of the country. So? I, I would imagine some parts yeah. of the country where it's a bigger deal they would do this. In the but, the, but the announcer is so funny. It's like a forties baseball game announcer. Yes. It is so funny. It's like, oh, he's not getting up. He's not getting up. Okay, now there's movement. It's like I don't think if there are a is there is a broadcast, I don't think it's gonna be like that. Uh, again, it's just so convoluted. So she goes to the game. They're down. He ends up winning the game. There's a scout that wants to talk to him. Uh, and Rachel's like gonna wait on him. He tells, what was that Brad football player? Oh, tell her I'll be a, a little late. I'm talking to a scout. And Brad ends up saying, oh, we're, you know, he'll meet you at the party. Yeah. And that's when Tracy, or not Tracy, but uh, Monica takes Rachel to the party. We have the funny bitchy moment of you need lipstick. And uh, Tracy is trying to now seduce Jesse. Like, oh, she's at the party. 
come with me. Uh, I'm going to stop by my house quickly. Again, tries to seduce with wearing a dress and then takes the dress off to just be in panties and a bra. He's he's over it. He wants to, you know, be with Rachel. He's in love with her. And we get Sue, who snuck out uh, Rachel's mom to try to tell her who the her father is, is looking for Rachel. And we have the best character in the whole movie, which is Exposition Band Nerd. <laughs> who Sue randomly asks some, like, chubby band nerd, and he knows exactly everything that's going on in this movie well at first he doesn't that rachel at first, left with monica for this party she's like she's like hey was rachel lang here the banner goes huh and he goes you know rachel lang and so it's like she's taking a chance she doesn't even she's not even sure if this guy knows who she's talking about she literally just like grabs a random student out of the crowd and he just happens mm-hmm. to know after a little this bit of must reminding. be a small town small school yeah Shit's broadcasted on the radio. Everybody knows everybody else. I think it's Maine, right? Probably. Since Stephen King adjacent. I guess so. It yeah. would be, right? Because I I think Pretty Carrie took place in Maine, so... Maybe that's how they were going to bring Carrie back, is they were going to have her be buried in the pet cemetery. Mm. You know? That's a possibility. I would love that, yeah. Yeah. And then her psychic powers increase. Yeah. Because she's dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so now we get the climax of the movie is at the party. Uh, Mark's parents have like a big swanky house, has a lot of mirrors, and it, insane it, it's so house, odd. Yeah. It's they, a ridiculous they, residence. Some... Right, they play <laughs> uh, a football tape on the TV, and if they can position it right, all of the mirrors around the windows like reflected, and so it's like yeah. a giant screen. That is kind of creative. I kind of like that idea. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, like, they're they're being nice to her at first, and kind of everybody's dancing around. And then they start talking about how she helped Jesse win the game. And then that's when they bring out the, the scorebook of all the different women that all these people had slept with. Uh, apparently, Jesse got extra points because at one point in the movie, she said she was a lesbian. And so he converted her from a lesbian and slept with her. So he gets 30 points. He wins the game. Extremely gross. Realistic. And that's, I think, what makes it so gross. Yeah. Uh, It's very important, too, that they all shave their heads before the football game, except for Jesse. So they all look like weird pink thumbs during the scene. Yeah. Well, it looks like a penis. (laughs) Sure, yeah. That was actually one of my complaints about this movie is that at this point where every all of the guys have their heads shaved, I didn't know which one was It makes it really as, hard as this to, scene progresses. Yes. Yeah, I was like I have no idea who just got his head cut off or whatever, you know, yeah. like I don't know. And this part yeah. I'm like yeah. I don't know who who the bullies are. <laughs> I don't can't tell Mark has the mus- Mark has the mustache, so that one was easy and then uh, yeah. Eric yeah, Eric has the hat on, I think. I think he's the one wearing a hat. But again, I could be wrong about that because you're right. They all look exactly the fucking same now. <laughs> and the previous like was football on the TV now turns to the recording they did of Jesse and Rachel having sex. It's just so hard to take at this point. Like it is very disturbing and not like there's no blood. It's just the 
um, insensitivity, just like how mean teenagers and just general people can be. Mm-hmm. It's just very, un- it makes you feel uncomfortable. But yeah. then it, it works because you do not care that all of these people are then brutally murdered in some cool ways. Oh, uh, there are two moments during this finale that are a major, major benefit to this movie. Like two great fucking moments that it's like, well, you got to sit through a lot of shit for this movie. I don't want to say yes. those moments make it worth it. But they make watching the ending worth it. I mean, if you have not seen this movie and you're listening to this, uh, I mean, I mean, you could probably find this the climax of this on YouTube. It is worth seeing. That I, is, yeah, I feel yeah. like the last 15 minutes of the movie is if if you cut right when she starts doing the psychic thing, like after they've berated her for yeah, you know, having sex with Jesse. Uh, but it's it's so bizarre as well. Her uh, tattoo. Starts beating like a heart, <laughs> yeah, and then vines from it go all over her body. This uh, is the worst thing of the of a bad movie. It's so dumb. It's like, there's strange. no reason for this at all. It doesn't. Yeah, I think it might have to do with Lisa because you know, like they had the matching tattoos. Sure. So I feel like it's kind of like Lisa's. She didn't have like actual powers, but you know, like her spirit is like helping. Yeah rachel or something like that i don't know but like telekinetically she makes her tattoo spread across her whole body is what we're supposed to believe it's yeah yeah i I don't know i don't understand i will say can i my favorite part of this whole movie aside from one of the kills that is going to be happening uh pretty soon but my favorite part is when everyone is laughing at rachel and she's like on the ground it samples the audio of Piper Laurie saying they're all going to laugh at you, which is weird because yes. Rachel has yes. never heard that in her life. There's no reason she would have heard that ever. So if she's like thinking of that, it makes no sense. But while that is happening, there's like an electronica song playing and like the they're all going to laugh at you is like being said to the beat of the song playing. Mm. <laughs> it's like a trap song sampling Carrie. <laughs> it's very funny. It's gives like me an idea. I don't. Yeah, it, it's my hilarious to add, to make like crazy dance music, club dance music using like sa- horror sampling movie. horror movies. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm sure someone out there is doing that already, but I, I don't know. I thought that was so funny. It's such a tonal mismatch of like what that line, the way that it's used in the original, and then like now being put to the beat of a song. Like it's so silly. Uh, anyway, I love that choice. It's really stupid, but. Yeah, made me laugh. Well, I mean, this is just the part where everybody starts dying. There's all the glass doors shatter, killing a bunch of people. Some guy gets decapitated. And we don't a, know. Really, have no bald, idea who it is. A bald jock. He's yeah. bald. Yeah. He, we, we, he's probably a football player. We know that, right? Yeah. And therefore, sex it. pests. Yeah. <laughs> um, she picks up a fire poker, you know, telekinetically. And kills a guy who's going for the door. It goes straight through his head. And this is the perfect timing (laughs) where Snoo and Rachel's mom shows up. And the poker goes through the kid's head, through the door, right through Snoo's head. (laughs) It's insane. It's so good. It's incredible. But it, it... it makes you feel so bad. Like the only like good person in yeah. the movie, like it's a, so mean. a redeemable character, and, a re- and, the, and the only returning character help. from the original. 
Yeah. It's just so mean. Unceremoniously yeah. killed. Yeah, I didn't think that was fair. It was a, it was a cool kill to watch. The effects were really neat, but it was just kind of like, oh, okay, Snooze dead now. It was just yeah, yeah, just done. It, it's very it's very jarring after a lot of her scenes are just dialogue, just dialogue scenes like getting to the bottom of this mystery that no one really cares about, to then just so suddenly have her impaled through the face with a fireplace poker, uh, right. graphically. <laughs> Like it's it's a really from, fucked up effect. Like, like yeah, yeah. It's from regretful of their actions of the first movie to then trying to base to, everything to you and yeah. be better. To you thinking that she's going to get some kind of closure about Carrie, but instead she gets a fireboy spoker through the skull. Like, uh, yeah, it's nuts. And there's a really wild shot of like the it's like the perspective from the door. So you have like the poker coming at the top of the frame, going right into her forehead. It's like you're right there. Uh, and then when Rachel's mom pushes the door open and her body like swings as it's going in, or I think yeah. it's they, they, I think it's they pull the door open and kids run out. But like, yeah, I think the guy that gets decapitated is Brad, by the way. Just I, I think I, I could be wrong. I think um, yeah, Sue dying is is probably the highlight of the movie. It's just yeah. so shocking and out of there, and you're you're really it's the most impactful thing. Yeah, but even then, like all. we said, it's it's still a bizarre moment. That like is a really shitty way to end the character's arc, but yes. is also a very ballsy move. <laughs> so yes. yeah, it's it's I I am pretty conflicted about it, but I mean I have to get respect that it's it's a very effective moment. Now we have the the thing that always stuck in my mind from from seeing it you know originally was uh, the CD kills. Yeah, that she picks up like a stack of CDs and shoots them all over the place, killing a person. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Uh, she explodes all of the liquor bottles and then throws a, a log from the fireplace, starts a fire. Um, randomly, was it Mark, Eric, and then Monica all go run to Mark's parents' weapon stash, which is spear guns <laughs> yeah. and a, a flare gun? <laughs> that what? It was so fucking weird. I mean, clearly his parents... It's like he's, a, a parent decent is, uh, collection, too. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. Why would you? But they're locked behind guns? glass. I, I guess maybe his dad insane. is is was Quint from Jaws. He's like, a big that's the only guy. explanation. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he has a collection of grappling hooks somewhere and like <laughs> other adventures. Hey, we talked about Batman earlier. We know Arkham exists. Maybe he's Bruce Wayne's son. They said he has money. Oh. So. You pull the right uh, spear gun, and then like the, the wall moves, and you go <laughs> yeah, into the exactly. back cave. Yeah, they just it does kind of look like a Wayne Manor. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the three of them are like they're ready to shoot. The door opens, and there's like hesitation. Uh, maybe one of the best thing again uh, after Sue dying, but Monica has glasses, and then. Carrie too like explodes them inward so that her eyes are uh, completely gone. She swings around, shoots the spear gun, and hits Eric like right in the balls. Shoots his. Uh, I, I think those. it's straight up his dick, right? I think it straight yeah. up shoots his dick and off. Then, his genitals. Yeah. You yeah. see some floating. I thought it was the entire package. The Bloody and mangled. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, that so. The two moments, that aside from the the Piper Laurie trap song, um, <laughs> the 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 
fire poker through the skull, and then Eric getting his dick shot off. Two pretty fucking yeah. great moments. I, I really dug I it. I like it. Uh, yeah. It's a great payback for a really shitty character. And it's like, it does... See, as I'm talking about this movie and thinking about the whole jock angle, like, it's called The, ra- the Rage. And uh, the rage. it really does have rage directed towards these really awful people. And so, hey, they make me mad too, movie. I get it. And I appreciate seeing their dicks get shot off. That is a nice touch. <laughs> Uh, so Mark then shoots her with a flare gun. They wrestle in the pool for a little bit. There's the pool cover, which is always a nice, um, thing in a movie. Hits Mark in the head. She then uses one of the spear guns to puncture the the thing. So he's dead in the pool. She gets out. Uh, that's when the mom comes in and is, like, holding Rachel. And I, I do really like how they then switch to the younger, like, little girl actress holding her in the arm and they cut back like I, I think that's a real good thing but then the mom is crazy and says the devil's inside you and runs away we get no resolution to that ending uh she just runs away that's a big complaint of this movie the mom angle is comp- is so useless it yeah like we don't ever hear rachel talk about her mom that much or reference her mom too much we get some questions from snoo about her mom but like not a lot. We get the foster mom saying like, "Oh, she's trying new medication. Maybe you won't right. be here that much." And then that's when the foster parents like, or the dad's like, "Well, where are we going to make that three hundred dollars yeah. a month?" But it's like Carrie's connection to her mom in the first one is so integral to that movie in a lot of yes. ways, and like Piper Laurie just dominates any scene she's in. Well, it's tough to say because like because Basic is so good in that too, but. It leaves such an impact. Like, I, I get they, they felt they had to use the mom angle again with Rachel, but it just is it's a, it's a total nothing. It's like, yeah, it, is, it leaves no impact. Uh, Jesse and Tracy arrive. Tracy fall or dies almost immediately by falling debris, <laughs> hitting her. Uh, and then we have the confrontation between them. He's saying he loves her. She's saying you lied. You used me. They start looking at the TV that's been so recorded him saying, funny. I this love so you funny. as she's asleep. And then she is telekinetically <laughs> rewinding the tape to keep watching it over and over and over again. I thought he was like muttering it in his sleep. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so bad. Uh, They're standing in a burning house. And part she... of the roof. Yeah. Yes. It's her fault. She you gets pinned there. by part of the roof. Oh my God. He's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. And then she psychically pushes him away from her as like the more of it's falling. Uh, He burns his arm. We cut to one year later. He's in college. He's taking care of Walter. He thinks Rachel comes back to him. Turns out it's just a dream. The end. Bad movie. Yeah. Uh, That that whole rewind. It's so funny rewinding that tape psychically like six times when you could just leave the burning house that and have a conversation scene was weird too because they're they they do these like extreme close-ups of their face and they're really yeah. long just like staring at each other it's like oh okay we don't need to see this dude's face for like a full solid minute <laughs> you know? like, yes it was just weird yeah pretty ridiculous As, like, the music is swelling yeah yeah I will say too during that whole party scene, it, there's got the camera is like running around shooting stuff, and it is constantly cutting to the VHS footage or the camcorder footage, 
which got really yeah. tiring to me um as much as i like that finale uh parts of that finale anyway <laughs> i it is it is difficult because it has uh some pretty high highs but then the all of the rest of it is so low is so grating is so non-eventful just filler to a degree uh i don't know we can we can uh you know give some final thoughts and talk about it uh what do you guys want to rate this out of cds fireplace poker spear guns i make it think spear guns it's such a weird fucking choice oh yeah friendship tattoos is not bad so and what what tattoo would we all get that would be the same? I I have no tattoos. Mm-hmm. So this would be this would be a a knife. a knife. Uh hey, we all gave Psycho as we dis- as we discussed, we should all get a matching Psycho tattoo. We gave all get Psycho 5 stars, so um like portraits of of mother and Norman. Yeah. Yeah, I like the that. silhouette of mother with the knife. Up. I don't want to get a portrait. You have to. There's portraits are difficult to get right. Yeah. If you don't find like the right artist who's going to do this perfectly, it's going to look really fucking dumb. <laughs> exactly. Um, we well, should. Uh, this isn't real anyway, so whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> Somewhere. What, I, what, what, do you, like, what do you think? Uh, I like friend tattoos. I think I think that's a fun one. Yeah, for us to cover. Uh, this was a rough one. Uh, I was trying to find something, you know, high school related, kind of uh, more of a serious tone because I might pick a more sillier one for the the end of the month. And I, again, it was a nice bridge from Two Lie. We have a really late sequel. It just doesn't uh, come together. Some of the performances are fine. A lot of the directing is not great. Uh, effects are really rough. Some of the ideas behind the effects are, are interesting. Uh, the CDs just look horrible, but it is like that's a cool thing from 1999. Like, oh, I'm gonna like have a bunch of CDs fly out and kill someone. Yeah, this is a cool idea. I I, I can't go above 1.75 cd uh no best friend tattoos i think there are enough points to to get this uh close to a two but nowhere near honestly yeah i uh i pretty much agree i think this happens a a lot with, with with me on this show but like i will start talking about a movie and realize there's more i like about it than i initially realized um I don't know if that's really the case here. I think my rating's still going to be fairly low because, like you said, like this is just—it's got its moments. It has real highlights. It has interesting aspects to it. There's a lot of story beats I I find to be really cool in versions of the original, like where the original is way more focused on like the group of female bullies in the high school and their plan to get back at uh, Carrie. This is an inverse, and you have a bunch of male bullies now like planning to get back at rachel so i like that switch um it really is like it's interesting as a sequel because it does so much of the same stuff but it's so stylistically different from brian de palma's original that i think it does stand on its own well enough um but also has interesting elements being a sequel i just don't think that it managed it like 
retained your interest all the way through. There's a lot of really bad lines of dialogue in spite of like uh, having ideas I like. I just don't think it pulls them off well. Um, the jock angle is Execution. the most interesting thing to me. Yeah. The jock angle, I think, does strike at something interesting and really true to our world about the environment that these kids are brought up in and like what it kind of turns them into or what it brings out in them. You know, this sort of like hyper toxic masculine jock energy that then translates into like abusing people and things like that. So uh, the finale is cool, but it just does not make the whole movie good. I'm going to flat even two friendship tattoos. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Kill, bring us home. <laughs> um, I actually don't mind. Bring us to homeroom. I like there how <laughs> there are some. Uh, it's like a really dark story. It is kind of true. It's real creepy. There's just a lot of like creepy grossness that w- would be problematic in today's Hollywood, I guess. Um, but also very real to life, which is as you guys said, makes it even creepier, just makes it more real. Um, The ending was funny. There were multiple times where I was laughing out loud at some of the effects, some of the dialogue, the like them, the extreme close-ups of their faces staring at each other for while the house is burning down around them. <laughs> you know, lots of things that didn't need to be in there. And I've mentioned this before, how I don't really like where there has to be an explanation for things. Like, she doesn't really we don't need to know that whole thing with like snoo going to get the mother out of the asylum and figuring out that it's like their father is it's a genetic thing you know like all that kind of stuff is totally is not really necessary we don't need an explanation for it it could happen to anybody it's it should be like a thing that happens like when you have trauma and not something that like oh your your dad did you just got it genetically i think that would make yeah. it interesting it's like this what ha- this is what happens when you treat somebody like shit they become magical but um anyway yeah <laughs> i um i'm going to i'm going to go a little higher than you guys wow. with the 2.5 wow i'm shocked yeah uh man it's weird cuz like why i really am struggling I, thinking about this it's very story. high yeah. Again, there I don't are think it's the worst really movie interesting... we've watched. No, it's not. Microwave Massacre is still worse. But uh, and I know. But uh, no. uh, you Microwave know Massacre is at least saying something. Microwave <laughs> Massacre is a lot worse. This is saying a lot, I though. Okay, I'm going to revise a little bit. I think I'm going to go two point three. Uh, because I do, I do love so many aspects of that climax, like both good and bad. Sue Snoo getting the poker to the head, Dick's getting shot off, decapitations. Like it's wild. It's pretty cool. Uh so I'm gonna say two point three. And I I think that this movie's major fault is that I think it's that change of directors. That's probably what sunk this. And I think if you re edited this, you could make a much better movie. If someone like cut I would down agree some with that in this. And like removed some of those crazy insert shots and things like that. Like there's, you could drastically improve this just by cutting out some of the weird footage, like so the black and white stuff, yes. the close-ups, yeah. like Kayla's mentioned. Like there, there's just things you could remove, and it suddenly makes the movie better. I think. So I'm gonna say two point. I kind of like bit those the weird cut-ins 
like the black and white stuff from the from the original movie and stuff. I it just it felt very nineties to me. Yeah. And like trying to bring to you know bridge that gap between the original movie and it was kind of music video ish and like and gritty. I mean the the girls these girls are supposed to be listening to like Nine Inch Nails and that's true like Marilyn Manson and I feel like that is kind of that has that music video kind of feel to something yeah and i don't understand the fiona apple like lumping her in with those with those <laughs> groups but alternative yeah i guess i guess think of that yeah alternative stuff i don't know yeah this is a movie where i i could i could see myself watching it again soon not soon but at some point in my life i'm liking it more i gave it a three when i'm letterboxd when i first watched it but this watch i was just like there were times where i was so so out of it just like but I don't know. This is a tough. This, is, this movie's an enigma. I still don't really know how I feel about it. Well, Kill, do you want to tell us what we're going to be watching next week? Um. Well, since this was a little bit heavy, this is still a back to school. It's still very dark, but this is more of a dark comedy. We're going to pivot a little bit, uh, and we're going to watch Jawbreaker, also from 1999. Ooh, yeah, same year. All right. I can't wait. Great cast and fucking Jawbreaker. So good. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we might have seen some people in this movie that are also yeah. in Jawbreaker. And I'll, I'll watch anything with Rose McGowan, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Thank you all for listening. You can rate, review, subscribe anywhere that you get the podcast. Uh, hit us, or uh, you can email us, weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com. We have both Twitter and Instagram at weeklymassacre. Hit us up. Let us know if you had any problematic high school uh, situations. If you got a tattoo with your best friend that then grew on its own. If I thought you were you going to say think... DUI for some reason. <laughs> uh, if you think that Sue should have survived the movie, I want you to hit us up. Let us know. You and, know what? That's uh, my other complaint we'll is you. that Sue should have survived and Rachel should have survived too. What is the point? Of Rachel also dying. I mean, I know Carrie did in the original, so then Carrie too has to die in Carrie too. But like, why? Because it just seems like both of these women were like being victimized repeatedly, like being abused by their parents and then being in shitty foster homes and like then the bullies at school. Why? I know she gets revenge, but like, why? Why do they have to die? She really did not. That's a big flaw of that ending. Like, it really does make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, like, the sacrificial way that she does it with, like, being pinned and then pushing Jesse. Yeah, it's 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 not great. That's why I went as low as I did, and you guys are it leaves us high. T- bizarrely high. I'm only 2.3. I mean, it's not like I'm... Uh, I... Yeah, that ending does leave a sour taste in your mouth. I I, I will you say you keep revising. Like next week, I, you're going to be. I don't know how I feel about it. Like it's got some interesting stuff to it, and like uh oh, Jawbreaker is inter- definitely going to be a high one for me. Oh yeah, I hey, we'll talk about it more next week. But I have a feeling it's going to be a very praise heavy episode. Uh, well, until then, uh, looks like we missed a killer party. Looks like we missed a killer party. Uh, brain flossing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Bye. What was the other Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.